Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have the uh, my co-host on the line, Mr. Chris Sheridan. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great today. Excellent. excellent. It is an excellent day. We're actually recording this today on Saturday. We normally do it on Sunday. And then I say, of course, each week, hey, we have a new episode available every Sunday. And really, that's usually a lie because I don't put them up till really late. And it's usually Monday. It's like 12 at night. So I don't want to lie anymore. What I'm going to say from now on is there's a new episode available on Monday. We do do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, there, unless you're listening very late, you know, and you, uh, and you're, uh, you know, up at, at uh, 12 midnight on, uh, on Sunday night, you know, our new episodes usually come up on Monday morning for you. Nevertheless, we're here each week for you talking about, uh, important things, things that we think are important, uh, spiritual, psychological, uh, esoteric, philosophical, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we got a great show this week. Uh, we're doing something we've been talking about for a long time and something that is a, a big issue today in the world. Uh, and that is uh, the archetype of King, uh, which gets a lot into the masculine psychology and um, to the archetype of the father is uh, embedded in that as well. Um, some of the challenges that... Um, we face today and some of the backlash against the patriarchy and so on are, uh, you know, directed at this, some of the negative aspects of this energy. So we're going to discuss a, uh, a bit about the positives and negatives of uh, this masculine energy, this king energy, the symbolism and so forth of this, um, mainly drawing from um, the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, uh, Robert Moore and uh, Douglas Gillette's book. Um, I might pull a little bit about a little bit out of the Lord of the Four Quarters, which is uh, John Perry's book. Uh, that's fantastic, and we'll pull some Jungian stuff, and probably from Robert Johnson and so on as well. Uh, Seeing you know where the spirit moves us today. Um, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate all the listeners who are supporting us. If you can, please support us at Anchor.fm/CosmicEye, and there's a button on there you can click on to. Uh, to provide uh, financial support to us to keep the show going. We really appreciate those who are doing that. And please, if you can, uh, do support us. All right, let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. So this is one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of, as we've talked about, there's a lot of, a lot of backlash and a lot of uh, sort of negativity and a lot of uh, talk about the sort of quote-unquote toxic side of masculinity today. Um. I would argue that that's probably most of what you hear about any kind of masculine energy, particularly this, this King energy that we're going to talk about. Uh, Generally speaking in, in symbolism and mythology um, in most cultures, obviously the queen is important and the feminine energy is important as well. So we're not trying to, you know, emphasize one over the other. But in this particular episode, we are going to emphasize this this king and masculine energy, uh, because it has, of late, uh, particularly in the last, you know, probably ten or twenty years, uh, it goes back further than that. But it's really hit its kind of apotheosis in the last, you know, even in the last five years, where it's almost just become, you know completely identified with with the negative and destructive side you know this masculine energy is seen as something that's bad or wrong and you see a lot of problems with young men today in coming to terms with these you know the masculine energies 
and uh, archetypes within themselves. And it's really become, I, I would argue, one of the bigger issues um, and the bigger problems facing us uh, today because it, it, you know, it inhibits young men from really fully participating in, in life and culture and in, in the world and, and being creative and you know, positive members of society. And you, know, you see a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of the younger men today almost kind of giving up and hiding out you know, living in a world of video games and, you know, YouTube videos and um, fantasy, as opposed to striking out on their own and, and doing something constructive. And you can, you can, you can really see uh, that, that that's, you know, not a place where we, we want to go because oftentimes these, these young men, um, you know, do very, very destructive things when they, when they have a little bit of mental illness or, um, they, you know, have a lot of aggression within them that they can't express and so on, you know, and that's, again, that dark side of things. You know, we see that, right, Chris, and, in, in, you know, in some of these things like, the, you know, in the gang situations and, in, you know, these, these young men that end up, you know, shooting up a school or a, or a Walmart or something. It's inevitably almost a, a, a young male uh, whenever you hear about these things, and it's a tragic thing. And mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a corollary to a lot of what's going on, uh, you know, in the sort of uh, the outer world uh, in terms of this, this, you know, destructive side of this masculine energy that's being shoved underground into the shadow. And then it erupts in these really terrible ways. Would you agree with that? Well, yes. Then the reason why it's erupting in these ways is because it's not integrated. That energy. Exactly. It's like almost, you know, teaching uh, abstinence to a. Uh, you know, somebody going through puberty or, you know, or an adolescent. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you're, you're filled with these hormones that God and, you know, Darwin or whoever put in your system. <laughs> hold, and... on, hold on, Darwin put them in there? <laughs> well, whatever, you know. I was wondering where, <laughs> I was wondering where those came from. Well, regardless of, of belief on, you know, <laughs> know biology just... or nurture, I mean, exactly. that's, that's almost irrelevant at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, no, for we sure. We are flooded with They're these there. hormones exactly. at that time, and they need to be addressed. You can't yeah. just, it's like anything else we talked about, you know, shoving them down to the shadow but this is a collective problem that we have now it is very much an individual problem and it's going to require both a collective and individual individual response yeah and to the critics of the patriarchy um i'm with you it is a real problem actually the problem may even be worse it's not just a problem for women it's a problem Mm -hmm. for men and it's probably an even bigger problem for men even though it seems like the men are the ones causing the problems that's on the collective and this has been happening you said for a long time but this you know fever pitch that it's reached recently actually mm-hmm. may be a good sign because then it's a symptom that okay now it's popped out of the shadow we have to address yeah. it now uh, yeah so well exactly that's a great point now addressing it has so much to do with what we think the problem is if you know, if the climate is caused by carbon dioxide, well, then you'll try to get rid of carbon dioxide. But if it's more nuanced or if it's a larger problem than that, you also have to integrate some of these other things. Yeah. And what's happened is over the centuries, I would say, but certainly uh, since the industrial age, the initiation uh, from a boy going into a man uh, used to be handled with the tribe or the culture or the church. Uh, you know, some of it still gets played out today in some mm-hmm. traditions, yeah. um, but it doesn't, but we've, for the most part, we've lost that. Yeah. Uh, and what has happened is the need for it hasn't gone away. 
Uh, yeah, so exactly. these young men find initiation into manhood through gangs, through, uh, well, the military can, can be one, one version that, that has some good aspects. You know, they, they still have some of the old, old in it. But again, it's, it's ostensibly to go out and, and, and do violent things. Yeah. Um, why you go into, uh, you know, the military, um, you know, and, and the war, you know, like I said, you know, gangs, um, you know, political parties now are sort of sure. you know, the new gangs of these things. But yeah, without this annoying. initiation from boyhood to manhood, um, we are going to see these problems uh, because they're, they haven't been transformed. These energies yeah. and urges within the male, same with, with females, we're, we're you know, focusing on the, the male people now, yeah. that they have to be addressed. They have to be integrated. Myth, ritual. Uh, have taught us for centuries how to do this. We have lost it, and it comes out in the most horrible ways, which is yeah. why we need to get back. Yeah, you got to get back to some 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 constructive and and sort of um, positive archetypal ideas associated with it. So, speaking on that on the king, so it's the main sort of organizing principle in in archetypal mythology in general in most cultures is is the the archetype of the king as the as the leader and the king represents sort of god's representative on earth in essence and it's a very specific organizational type of representation you know the king represents order you know from chaos and protection and strength and, you know, in a sense, like, so let's say the archetypal realm is, you know, cosmic law, the king then takes that cosmic law and translates that cosmic law into laws, like in the case of Hammurabi in the ancient Near East, and creates a code of laws, you know, Moses received the, the Torah and the Ten Commandments from from God, and those those laws guide, guide society, you know, and it goes on and on, of course, and we all can think of, you know, examples of that, Arthur you know, King Arthur is the organizing principle between, you know, the Knights of the Round Table and the, and the realm um, and the protector of the realm and, you know, the sort of initiator of those knights and so on. These are all sort of positive aspects of that, that king energy. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we've, like we said, we've gotten, we've gotten away from some of that and we see the, uh, the shadow sides and the tyrannical aspects, you know, more though, um, you know, going back, looking at, again, like the more sort of archetypal or mythological, you know, versions of the king, you know, the king was seen, again, the queen is part of this too, we're focusing solely on the king, because they think that there's, you know, there's, that's where the problem lies, you know, as some of some of this uh, has gone awry, as we've talked about. Um, the king was seen as, again, like the, um, the sort of stability, the generative capacity, and the like the fertility aspect of that particular culture so in a, you know in a in a in a myth like uh parsival for example in the grail grail legend you know the the fisher king is a wounded king he has a he has a wound in his thigh that's representative of his generative capacity uh so you know he's no longer a, a generative fertile sort of providing sort of a king he's actually wounded and he can't really fully live and he can't really die and he's carried around on a stretcher basically on a litter they call it and he's suffering and the whole land is suffering it's desolate that's what those mythologies are saying is that when the king energy is 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 sort of impotent it's damaged it's 
you know, it's non-generative any longer. It, it, it needs to be revived. You know, Fraser talks about that in the Golden Bough. In most cultures uh, in the ancient world, the king actually would be ritually killed at the point where he was no longer, you know, cre- you know creative and fertile and generative, and he was a positive aspect of leadership any longer. He'd be killed and replaced with another king. You know, the king is dead. Long live the king was a saying that was, you know, said, you know, for ages and in different cultures uh, throughout the world, because, the, you know, and that's representing that sort of archetypal uh, energy, the archetypal king energy. By the way, when we talk about archetype, you know, we oftentimes talk about things and I realize this, um, you know, we don't def- define them. So I want to define archetype a little bit. Um, why don't you do that? Because you did quite a bit of work on that. Can you okay. just simply define archetype for people who might not be familiar with that term? Well, the archetype is the overriding example of something, the essence of which any type could be made. Uh, so I guess we're talking about the king archetype. They say, you know, um, every man's house, you know, is his castle or something. So he's the king in that respect. Um, that, uh, but an archetype is, you know, say like a child uh, is an archetype. Well, that could be anybody, an actual child, or it could be somebody who's acting childish. They are patterns, um, and we all seem to have the capacity for them. Uh, it's like an energetic, they're an energetic pattern kind of behind the, behind it's, the yeah, actual Yeah, it's like the, form, basic, right? the basic recipe or the basic principles behind something, of which you could have infinite expressions. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. there's an automobile. Well, it's got four wheels and a steering wheel and, you know, it does this and it does that. Well, sure. then you can have a gazillion cars, um, but, but they all kind of go along with the same. And that these are, are primal. They're like first principles in mathematics or gotcha. science. Uh, these are for the psyche. And yep. these are these patterns. And we all have the capacity mm-hmm. and the potential to express any of them. We really won't do all of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we don't all become the killer, uh, but I think faced in a particular situation, most of us probably would be able to engage that if it were survival or to save sure, somebody close those, to us. Exactly. Those pad, those instinctual patterns and instinctual energy patterns that are behind behavioral and and uh, symbolic imagery uh, of of a different sort. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. Thank you. And it goes back, you know, to the to the Greeks. I mean, you know, Aristotle. Talking, wrote a lot about uh, talking mm-hmm. about um, archetypes. So it's, yeah. it's not, it's not as young, it's not as new as Jung. It's much older than Jung, uh, so to speak. <laughs> if you yeah. catch my, uh, uh, Oh, very uh, punny, Chris. Yes, funny. yes, yes. I'm a homophone. I'm homophonic. Wow. You are, you are on track today. Aren't <laughs> you? It one, yeah, I said it was an excellent day. So my like, exactly. you know, Bill and Ted are uh, somehow coming through uh, <laughs> as we travel back in history. Uh, but all the Greek gods, um, you know, were that they were archetypal energies, oh. you know, Zeus and the ruler. And we have the, you know, Bacchus or Dionysus, you know, the, the, the know, living and dying God. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, these are all, but they're all in us and they're all in everybody and throughout yeah. time. So they're the essentials. There's sort of the essential idea behind like the, maybe the localized versions of those things. So you could say that, you know, Dionysus, Bacchus, Addis, 
um, you know, uh, Balder. There's a bunch of different living and dying gods, and they even oftentimes have similar mythologies. Maybe they die on a tree, or there's some vegetation sort of mythology going along with things like that. Those, those are the archetypal idea is the idea behind them, and then they play out in different mm-hmm. cultural representations, right? Like we've talked about the hero's journey being the yeah. archetypal story kind of structure. Heroes yeah, a thousand yeah, faces exactly. or all the movies. Exactly. Um, they all right, so getting, it, yeah, but no, I just wanted to kind of give it. So I don't want to go too far into yeah. architects, but I just wanted to give enough so that, you know, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's, you know, then, then, you know, we've at least kind of frame, framed it because that could be a whole show unto itself. At any rate, so the archetype is the sort of uh, the energy behind this. And that's why the, you know, the king archetype is one that's very squirrely for a lot of people these days because it, you know, people are keyed into, you know, the tyrannical aspects of, of kingship, the sort of, you know, uh, the negative and sort of warring aspects and the destructive aspects that they see that are associated with this. And then basically we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we say, well, you know, masculine kingly type energy is the problem. And this is the reality of that, that energy and that archetypal the patterning behind that is, is, is not the problem. We're not in touch with the real King archetypal energy. We're in touch with the shadow boy energy. When we're talking about um, these negative sides of things, this quote unquote toxic masculinity or any of these sort of things that a lot of people rail against. Um, It's not the real positive archetypal, powerful energy that's connected to depth and strength and maturity it's the boyish and immature aspects of it. That's the sort of non-mature uh, version of this king energy that causes so much trouble, you know. And that's where the patriarchy, you know, fails. Is that you know a lot of the the people that are involved in sort of the conspiracy of keeping it, you know, keep, keeping it where it keeps certain individuals, certain groups, you know. Certain, uh, you know, women, uh, different, you know, people that sort of don't fit into the mold of it. Even other men that represent a more mature aspect of that energy are seen as a threat. It keeps all of those those types of people down. And again, that's based in that's based in a in a in a sort of fearful, boyish, you know, non-integrated sort of an energy. And that's, I think, what we see today that that's represented that people are are, are upset about, and, and and they should be. Yeah. The the problem is the problem is with the, all of this, is that I think what's happening is people are making a leap to say, well, then if the sort of patriarchal energy or this negative king energy, this shadow king energy, this sort of tyrant tyrannical sort of, I think. Uh, it calls it a high chair tyrant or yeah, high chair tyrant or something. Robert Moore and Gillette talk about that. You know, it's these, these dark sides of this, um, this energy that people see. Um, The the problem is, is that there are, are very few, you know, elders and, and strong leaders and, you know, men who have integrated this into themselves that are, that are older, that can initiate young men and sort of bring them into the, the fold as it were, and kind of help them on their path. 
you know, one of the main differences that, I, that, you know, most people can, can agree on if they look at it psychologically is that, you know, women tend to naturally mature faster than men do. And they do it really without much uh, pain and struggle. They just kind of naturally unfold in a bit more um, integrated and um, level-headed way. You know, and they, you know, you see, they see it in school, you know, women are more communicative, communicative and more in touch with their emotions. And, you know, boys have they struggle and they, you know, there's more problems with ADD and ADHD and, you know, they're rambunctious and young men need, they're kind of like, you know, puppies that uh, like a, like a pit bull puppy or something. They need kind of a strong hand in order for them to be integrated into society. I don't mean abused by any means. I mean, naturally led in a masculine way into a positive type of masculinity. And there are very few structures. I would almost argue there are almost no structures left in the modern world in Europe and and North America that provide that sort of uh, that, that sort of framework for these young men that actually give them the the sort of structure that they need in order to integrate into society in a constructive way. Whereas women tend to, like I said, mature sort of on their own. They, they definitely, uh, you know, everyone needs nurturing and, 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 and help. It's not to say that they're, you know, they, they're just left, you need to be left alone, but somehow it seems to unfold in a little, in a little less violent and chaotic way than, than men. And why you see prisons filled, you know, with men, not with women, you know, because men act out generally speaking. And so this is why this, this, this thing is so important and why this is such a huge issue today is that, you know, not only are we, we throwing the baby out with the bathwater, throwing all the masks you know, sort of quote unquote toxic masculinity out, then we're throwing out the positive sides of masculinity, then we're not creating, you know, any new elders or anyone that even knows how to do this work, how to initiate young men and how to, you know, give them the help that they need. And then we're just labeling the whole thing as negative and toxic and just like trying to forget about it. And then we're saying, well, what we need to do is we need to take a more quote unquote, like, you know, sort of feminine approach to things you know, and, and then that'll help the men if they just integrate that. And the thing is, is that it's a great balance and men need to get in touch with that feminine side. Unfortunately, they're, they're being swamped with that energy today in a, in a negative way. And they're not maturing in the way that they need to as, as, as young men. And so it's stunting their growth. And then there's no possibility for them to, to grow into the, the, the constructive men that have a, you know, a work there that are in touch with that archetypal King energy, that archetypal leadership and, you know, balanced energy that will allow them to then integrate that, that feminine side in a constructive way. So it's, you know, it's a multi multi-sided challenge and problem. And that's why like getting, you know, this kind of starting these discussions and, you know, this work started back in the, you know, in the 80s, 70s, even, um, you know, and kind of hit its apotheosis in the 90s in a lot of ways with Robert Bly and with Moore and Gillette. And, you know, like I talked about uh, John Weir Perry, who wrote Lord of the Four, Four Quarters, and some of the men's movements and stuff. And you can go back and see some of that stuff on YouTube that uh, uh, Robert Bly uh, 
men's conference thing. There's a thing with, if you just look up Bill Moyers and Robert Bly on YouTube, there's a, there's a great video on that. And you can see kind of the vibe they were going for. Um, so, you know, this has been something that, that people have been talking about. Men have been talking about, women have been talking about for, for many, many years. And we've seen that it's an issue. But it really, the challenge now is that it's a problem and people don't even understand or know how to frame it as a problem. Do you know what I mean? So that it's, do. it's an even bigger problem because we can't even name it or look at it. Uh, yeah, that's why I suggest it. it may even be worse than as bad as yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, it may even be worse because we've lost touch. We've lost the trail. Yeah, exactly. Of, you know, if we're trying to track this thing down, we've lost the scent. Yeah, well, uh, we really have to go back to mythology and we have to go back to some of the older ideas in some ways and resurrect them in new ways. Uh, and, you know, again, some of this stuff has, has kind of been thrown, thrown out or thrown over by academics as well as being, you know, a product of another time or it's no longer really relevant anymore. And it's like, you know, I, I, you know I'm not here to argue that, you know, men are, are different or, you know, or more, you know, there's this or that thing. I, you know, the, the point is, though, if you just look and kind of see society and you look at the way it functions and, you, you know, you generally think about your your relationships with men and women in your life, you can, you know, you can see there's differences in, in, in functioning. There's differences in psychological interpretations of things. There's differences in communication styles, generally speaking, not all the time, but generally speaking between men and women, there are these traits and, and things that they hold. And these are things that are based in biology. They're partly based in culture, partly based in biology, you know, partly based in, you know, archetypal collective, uh, you know, uh, uh, images and uh, energies that, that are behind the scenes. You know, we're never probably going to put our fingers on where it all comes from. You know, you get the behaviorists arguing one thing and you get the depth psychologists arguing another. And the point is the arguing needs to stop and people need to just look at society and go, wow, we've got some tremendous problems, especially in this area of masculinity, especially with young men today. And we need to address it in some fashion or another. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it says nothing about the value of either this or that, you know, gender or this or that, you know, type of archetypal energy. They're, e they're both equally valuable, masculine and feminine energies. The challenge is right now, there is a paucity of positive masculine king type energy that young men need and they need, you know, they need older men to help share with them which is why we wanted to do this podcast and you know today and why I think we'll probably continue to talk about uh these issues uh in further podcasts in the future um you know because any of us who have grown up um have have dealt with these challenges if we're if we're for a man you know you have I have everyone I know has um the lack of 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 positive father figures and the lack of positive male role models in society is is alarming it, it really it really is and it's not it should be alarming to women as well because you know this sort of toxic masculinity that this vacuum of positive male role models creates is very dangerous it's very very dangerous do you know what i mean and just like we talked oh, about earlier you know, you get these, these really dark shadow eruptions of this energy in these violent acts that, 
generally happen again, perpetrated by young men um, where it bursts forth in these really chaotic and, and violent sort of um, actions. And uh, you know, that that's something we all have to kind of take responsibility for because it's a, you know, it's a multi faceted problem. It's a multifaceted problem, but just to pretend like it doesn't exist or to pretend like it's, well, it's just gun laws or it's just, you know, we just need to change this law or that law. We just need to help uh, young men have more self-esteem or we just, they need to have less masculine energy and then that'll solve the problem. That's not the problem. They need to have more masculine energy, but it needs to be a mature type of masculine energy. So how do we go about doing that? How do we go about doing that, right? Well, we can trace back and see, you know, where we've lost that yep. along the way. If And tribal cultures weren't perfect either. No. You know, just because maybe they did a few things. Yeah. Right? They, they have their own problems. Exactly. And, you know, fortunately, we don't have to deal with some of the problems mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. had. Uh, and, and every culture throughout time or technology will have, have problems. Um, but the industrial age uh, brought people off the farm. So we're you know, mostly the men, you know, went to work in the mines and the factories. Um, so then there's a separation from the household. It happened with the fathers and uh, with criminal justice laws. There's a lot of fathers in a lot of neighborhoods that are in prison. And then you couple that with the divorce generation of which I'm from. And it is my age group whose children, uh, including mine, are uh, in the millennial generation. So there is generational. They're suffering. But I think something with the divorce generation, so to speak, because most of the time it seemed in my experience that the kids would live with the mother, maybe one yeah. with the father, they flip them back and forth or something with weekends or summers. But much of the time uh, it was uh, with the mother. Yeah, exactly. And, and then if she works, then you have latchkey kids. So you have no parent for at least, you know, a couple hours a day, uh, maybe three hours between the kid gets home from school and the parent, the remaining uh, single parent yeah. does. So the women have had to do both roles. Exactly. Uh, which is, which is not good for them. No, no. <laughs> and it's not, it's not uh, and it fair to them either no it's, it's completely yeah. unfair um, and then the boys are either left to be on their own and oh well boys will be boys well they will be unless there's unless there's some men yeah. who are mature can put these boys uh set these boys straight actually the only thing that's really helped some of these kids young men has been the grandmother um <laughs> in the system yeah, that's uh, true. they have been you know really filling that role of of the male because they know better and they have to around. act in that that sort of stern masculine Mm-hmm. you know, sort of style and authoritarian style in order to kind of keep some of these boys in line. And they do a good job, at least the best job that they can at it. And God bless them for, for, for trying. And God bless these women that have, you know, been single mothers and tried to raise these oh. boys and stuff. It's extremely difficult. I, my, my, you know, I, I, you know, grew up like that as well. Part of my life, you know, it's not, it's, it's not an enormous, easy. Burden. It's, an, it's an enormous burden and it puts, you know, it puts roles and responsibilities uh, um, you know, t- two different roles and responsibilities on one person, and they're usually just struggling to try to make ends meet. And then you're supposed to, at the same time, initiate a young man into, you know, adulthood and things like that. And it's something's going to give, you know, something's going to fall apart in that situation, right? So, well, I'd say we're the wheels are coming off at, at this point. Yeah. Well, to get them back on, maybe we have to go back to a time before maybe there was such a thing as a wheel. <laughs> yeah, speaking right. of the yeah. Aboriginal or Indigenous, yeah. sure, uh, sure. you know, uh, ancient tribes, um, one of the ways um, in which, and this is a 
more than just a ceremony. This is a real ritual. And I guess sometimes the difference between uh, ceremony and ritual gets lost. Ceremony is when there's, you know, there's a parade, maybe you wear the clothes and you go through the motions. Ritual is when you actually get in there and do it. Yeah. And get your nails dirty. So what would happen for the young men? Well, you know um, what? There's a ceremony celebrates ritual transforms is what just popped into my mind. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Make a note of that. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's an incredibly important distinction and very well put. Thank in you. A few words. So uh, this you know, boy to man ritual, uh, it would happen in, in about three days. <laughs> Physically, of course, they, you know, it takes longer, but this is when it happened and it was done on purpose and it was done with everybody, all the elders of the tribe involved. And one version of it goes like this, the 13 year old boys are, you know, sleeping in their you know, bed next to their mothers. And then somebody in a mask, the men, dressed up will come in and they'll grab the kid from the mother's arms and the mother mother's in on it too she's yelling and screaming don't take my baby don't yep, take my yep. baby and you know but they're in on it because they know and then these young men get pulled off and they're sent to a cave or they're buried up to their head in sand or you know, have to go through you know well, a, some a kind of test or trials yeah, exactly maybe they have to skin a deer they have some... to they have to and, and the male elders you know of the tribe are there too to shepherd them through this uh, yeah but it's very scary and they have to learn something and three days later when they come back they are not the same person that left yeah they yeah. now have to become so what is bestowed upon them well first of all is the death of the child we have you know the you know psychological and particularly death, the death of the boy the boy well i guess that's a child yes yeah, yeah definitely the boy because at 13-ish, um, physically, physiologically, the boy dies and starts growing hair. Exactly. And, you know, voice gets deep. And yeah. So that's gone anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. physiologically. So it's already happening. But, but psychologically, we're not doing that today. But psychologically, they did that then. So when that boy came back, they probably had to kill an animal, had to survive some ordeal that they never would have been prepared for You're going to be humiliated also in the, in the, you are, yes, in the you sense are of the word. Of everything. Yeah. And the yeah. humiliation in the sense that, you know, you're becoming humble. You have to become, you know, you're getting out of that uh, center of the world. I am a, I am a child that, and mom is going to, you know, wait on mm. me. And dad oh, that's, is, over. that's over. You yeah. know, it's over overnight. <laughs> right? that's gone. And, and you don't, there's no going back. Yeah. Uh, but it, you're also given the means to be a man. You're shown. Yeah, you get the given, wisdom. You know, yep, you get you, the secrets. You know, right now, we kind of lose it, but we're not shown the next step. Um, sure. And, and there's something empowering in that. So when that kid comes back, he's got the secret knowledge. Yeah. He's, he's done something he's never done before. He's seen and heard things. And he's found out things about himself he never, ever knew. So he literally is not the same kid who left. He's been baptized in fire yeah. and, you know, and he's well, there's, new, there's a whole set of expectations on him now. Now he is responsible for his actions. Prior to that, he, he was a child and he, there was leeway. Now he is mm -hmm. known as a man. And when you make mistakes, then you will be punished accordingly as a man is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that gives you this sort of sense of, I, I know where I stand in society. I understand my place in it and I understand what I, my, my duties and responsibilities are. And that is another thing that gets into the challenge of, of today's world is that those duties and responsibilities are, are, are not clear. Um, they're contested on all mm. sides. And, you know, but where, where we, you know, we may or may not disagree with these, these different ideas that we're presenting here today, but, you know, it's important to recognize that 
you know, look, the biology and the, the physiology of, of men and women are, are different. With this, we know. Now, much of culture is constructed and much of these gender roles, you know, is constructed by society and so on. And where that came from or how that occurred is, you know, is, again, highly contested. But the situation is when we really sit down and think about it, we can see the differences, you know, generally speaking. And again, I say generally, not 100 percent of the time, but generally speaking, you know, uh, between, you know, boys and girls, even when they're when they're very young. Um, you know, and this is where we get into this, this situation where we've got to look at the, uh, the fundamentals of how these, um, these young men are, 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 are being initiated into society and there needs to then be some expectations and some roles. And what the challenge is, is today that we've dismantled all those ideas, expectations and roles. And, you know, these young men still have these, this drive and this energy and this rambunctiousness and this need for initiation and this need for male role models and none of those things exist. And then they go play, you know, violent first person shooter video games all day long or, you know, drive around like maniacs in their souped up Japanese cars. And, you know, this is their acting out of their masculinity. It doesn't have a positive sort of channel any longer. And then we're well. It's a pseudo masculinity. It is. And it, it's it's an attempt. It is. To they're do trying. That they're they're they, trying. They, part of them knows this has to happen, exactly. or I'm not going to become a man. So they're reaching. Yeah. They're trying, or joining gangs, or doing sure. something. You know, it's, but you got to do something because yeah. this is beyond society. You know, like social things or whatever. This and is just a primal urge. It is as mysterious as anything else. And yeah. yes, it. This is just how it plays out now. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things we can do is, you know, just by starting to open up these dialogues and open up these discussions and recommend some books and videos and so on, and just starting to get the conversation going again about about how these young men can can start to develop these qualities. And, you know, for for us, you know, for people of our age, you know, for men that are that are over 40, really, in general, you know, we have to take on the mantle of responsibility and say, okay, you know what, I'm willing to be an elder and I'm willing to step into the role of, you know, being an initiator and a, and a, and a, and a man who can help young men and is willing to, you know, sort of initiate them into these new, you know, or into these older ways of, of, of being. Now, how we're going to do that, you know, is, is, uh, is, is still developing. You know, because it's very different, you know, we're not going to go back and, you know, recreate the initiatory rituals of a tribal society and the litigious society that we live in. I mean, let someone get hurt or let someone die, God forbid. And, you know, obviously we don't want to see that. But oftentimes these rituals involved, you know, dangerous things. Uh, so, so now we've got to figure out a way, well, how can we kind of get some of that danger in and some of, you know, some of that sort of psychological transformative possibility you know, in a kind of a bit safer way and still have those, those strengths and, and masculine, you know, qualities developed in, in these young men. Um, but, you know, the, it's, it starts with recognizing that there's a problem and then it starts mm -hmm. and then, and then it starts with older men, uh, you know, accepting responsibility, even if they didn't get that kind of blessing or, or leadership, bestowed on them to just sort of take charge and say, okay, well, I'll initiate myself in and then I'll bring these younger men along because I have been, you know, like, for example, look, you, you, as if you grow in, 
uh, in your life when you make it to 40, you know, you've learned some stuff. You've learned some stuff. Now, if you really sit back and, you know, you do some psychological work and maybe you do some analysis and you do, you know, you get into some Jungian work and, you know, you meditate and you do some archetypal mythological study and so on, you know, you begin to learn a few things about yourself and hopefully you can, you know, you can share it. And again, one of these things, though, is, is, is you know, the kind of functions of the king, getting back to the king, you know, one of his functions was to, you know, assure order and protection and, and, you know, stave off chaos, you know, because the king is seen as the, the creator of culture and the sort of organizer of culture. You can see that in, uh, in the mythology of Marduk slaying Tiamat. Tiamat was, was the uh, sort of uh, demoness monster and he's, and who he uh, slew. And, you know, the world was created out of, out of that chaos or that disorder monster. And, um, you know, they, they, they initiate this sort of order on society and culture. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing they do is, you know, the, is, is, is in, in tandem with that is to, you know, their responsibility, they're responsible for the fertility and the generativity of the land, as we talked about earlier. Um, but then, you know, the, the second sort of function outside of that generativity and that, that protection part of it is blessing the young men. You know, the king would bless the young men. He would initiate the knights and he would uh, oversee the, 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 the sort of ritual that went on and give those men blessings. And young men need, they need blessings. They need, uh, they need to hear that, what, that they're okay and that they're not bad and that masculine energy just needs to be, you know, transmuted into positive ends, not, you know, snuffed out and killed. Right. And so, you know, and that's the job of, uh, you know, of us as, as older men to be able to offer those blessings and to be, be able to offer some of this information uh, to the, to the younger man and hopefully share that so that, you know, we can make a difference in their lives. Right. Well, we can. And uh, again, an older time had a master apprentice um, kind of arrangement or even the family name. If you're, if you're last, if you're the blacks, um, uh, or the goldsmiths, that's what you did for a living. Yeah. If it was, you know, your name Bob Baker Jr. Well, guess what? Bob Sr. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's where their name came from. Yeah. I mean, it was literally, uh, you were defined by that, but you were shown the family business. And each time as you grew up, you were able to do more and more. Yeah. Oh, you can't go to the oven. You're a child. Oh, you're a teenager now. You can work the oven at the pizza parlor. You know, um, yeah, exactly. And, and it comes, so it comes responsibility. And, when you entrust a young person with some responsibility, uh, it is so empowering. Yeah. It says, wow, I can do this difficult thing. And with response, with a, something that ha carries responsibility, generally it, it's because it affects other people. Yeah. So if you're cooking or you're smithing um, or something, well, then someone's going to get their well, you know, buggy wagon fixed, or they're going to, uh, you know, fill their belly with a, a loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, you're, it, that works into that providing. So that's more of that king nature it was kind of built in a lot um, into the system. So we need to resystematize that, I guess, to where uh, people are, you know, especially young men are given um, particular responsibilities and uh, are shown the correct way, uh, why it's better than the incorrect way. Yep. And that there is some reward if it's praise, if it's, uh, again, more added responsibility and abilities to do things, 
um, that's, uh, they're shown the right way to power. Yeah. The wrong way to yeah. power is to be a tyrant uh, and demand it and get upset when it doesn't happen. Be fearful of the people that are trying to take away your power. Yeah. Um, somebody who's more reserved. And, you know, with this king, uh, you know, what we're talking about, if you pause and, and you really look at the king imagery, especially from like the Middle Ages, but you could go back to pharaohs in, in uh, ancient Egypt. Uh, what are they doing? They're sitting. They're sitting on a throne. They're almost defined by that. Uh, certainly in imagery, you know, oh, the guy's sitting at a throne. He's, he must be the king. Yeah. Um, and it's because the king has a kingdom. There, there is a realm of power. And that's what's also defined in this ordering. And it really doesn't go beyond that. So some of it, you know, what a king does, it sets limits on the kingdom. And this is where we will. This is the realm in which you know, we can exert power and, uh, and I can exert my authority. Yeah. Uh, but it has boundaries, which is, you know, another thing that, you know, the king um, bestows, even in The Lion King, um, you know, it, it was shown that these are the limits to the, the kingdom. Beyond that is the monkeys and beyond that is this. Yeah. Uh, it was very clearly defined. So maybe our mythology, maybe our movies, if we can start seeing some of these things, I think they're in there. Yeah. But it's it's not it needs to be a little more deliberate or maybe a lot more deliberate and certainly sure. more guided into if it's movies or stories or video games or anything that, you know, can use this mythic imagery and this, you know, tribal culture that, you know, we've, we haven't lost. We no, just lost no, touch with it. Exactly. We yeah. need to re-energize it, reform it into sure. today's thing. Like we're doing on a podcast. It's you know, using technology um, for that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, and the thing is these, these, there are things that you can, you know, you can get in touch with, um, you know, to get to get uh, sort of involved with some of these sort of more masculine energies that still exist. I mean, Freemasonry certainly is a is a is an ancient uh, you know a sort of group, but you know that's come into the modern world based on on a lot of these ideas. And you know, one of the ideas in Freemasonry is you know making good you know good men better. And you know, there's this idea of taking this rough ashlar, this stone, and carving it into something something of value and you know, the whole idea of Freemasonry and the symbolic nature of that is really, it's sort of carving, uh, something, something into something else. Do you know what I mean? And there's the, mm -hmm. the structure and order and the sort of initiatory rituals that exist and that, you know, fellowship and brotherhood that exists, you know, and there's, there are still some of these things that, that are, that are, you know, alive today and, and are actually gaining in popularity. Um, you know, and, and one of the ways a lot, you know, young men can start to actually get back in touch with some of this energy is to just, you know, first to recognize that, you know, one, it's, it's, it's okay to be a guy, you know, and it's, it's the mass, the masculine energy that you possess is a positive thing. Don't believe all of the, you know, the negative ideas about uh, toxic masculinity in the sense that um, don't. I overgeneralize. There is such a thing as toxic masculinity, but that's that boyish kind of unregulated kind of un immature, you know, energy that's destructive. And it, you know, like it turns into, you know, crime and gangs and, you know, d the sort of destructive stuff that we see, that is not the positive aspect of, of masculinity. And so, you know, in some ways you have to kind of go and search for these positive uh, images of masculinity, especially in the media today. There's, I mean, if you watch most of these shows, especially sitcoms and so on, 
the father and most masculine figures are either buffoons or completely ineffective or just the butt of a bunch of jokes or they are tyrannical, you know, monstrous uh, beings uh, for the most part, you know, and, 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 you know, one of the things that's being done today that I think does a disservice to both men and women is taking these masculine uh, stories these masculine mythologies and then putting, you know, just plopping a female into the lead and then thinking, Oh, that's going to write things. That's going to help, you know, everybody, it's going to balance everything out. All that does is denigrate the feminine and the masculine at the same time, in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. because there are fabulous uh, stories of, of, you know, female protagonists and female mythologies that involve them even being warriors. So that's not, you know, it's something that women don't do. But to take, you know, a classic sort of men's myth and just stick a woman in the role, it does a disservice, I think, to both sexes to be. That's just my opinion, you know, uh, but I uh, but I but I think it's I think it's one of the challenges. So going back and maybe watching these 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 movies or stories in their original forms, which means maybe going back and reading the mythology or watching older movies. But I mean, look, Star Wars, the original Star Wars with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker the first of the, the three that, 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 you know, the original Star Wars uh, series, you know, has, the, has that kind of um, mythology in it still. Um, obviously, if you go back and watch things like Excalibur or some of these older movies that involved, you know, the King Arthur stories and things like that, um, even the Gilgamesh story and Beowulf, these are classic sort of tales that involve, uh, you know, kings and masculinity in a, in a constructive, in a constructive uh, sort of, uh, iteration. Um, of course, reading, reading, uh, the, you know, the grail legends and the Arthur, uh, stories and so on are, are fantastic. Like you said, the lion King, a lot of the old Disney stuff has these themes in it. Um, but in, you know, the old Disney stuff has some great folk tales for, for, for women as well, which is, you know, the original sort of folk tales that have, you know, women protagonists in them as well. But you know, that's outside of the scope of this. And we will talk about the queen archetype and we'll, we will talk about the feminine and future issues. It's just right in future shows. But right now, I mean, I think, you know, both of us, as we talked about before the show, you know, feel like there's, you know, there's really a kind of a crisis in this area. And we want to start addressing some of these, some of these issues and giving you some tools to, to look at. Um, and, you know, like I said, uh, you know, as uh, just uh, as, an, as an older man myself, you know, I want to offer out to all the, you know, to the younger men that are out there, you know, for what it's worth, my blessing for you guys to, you know, make it through this and, you know, have some, some good masculine strength and, you know, reach out and find that, that King energy. Um, but, you know, it's important to kind of recognize that you got, you know, there's a lot of young men that are doing great work and really fighting against a lot of challenges, you know, in a challenging situations and doing fantastic work. And, 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 you know, a lot of young men that are struggling that need that blessing. So blessings to you, brothers, you know, you guys will make it and you will, you will find your way. It takes time, but, but, you know, look, look towards some of these things that Chris and I are talking about. And I think, uh, and I think you're going to, you know, you're going to be all right. You're going to find that balance that you need. Uh, any parting words uh, to the, to the, to the listener today, Chris? Um, well, maybe just to, to recap, uh, there is a problem with the patriarchy. Uh, it's a huge problem and there are huge solutions and I think we've touched on them. And maybe one thing to keep in mind is if because of these qualities of the mature king versus the qualities, so to speak, 
of the immature uh, boy king, uh, if you see somebody bullying other people, it's probably, whether it's a corporation or a government uh, or any person involved in these institutions, um, a sports program, then they're probably not the right king. That, that is the toxic Exactly. Exactly. Thing. And there it's is an, a it's difference. It's like a warning yeah, sign. Beware. Absolutely. Beware. Of that is them. not the energy you know, you're looking for. They're not doing that. Yeah. And, and yes, it is wrong. But look for the good and try to find. And then maybe as guys, you know, listening and, and women, too, can, you know, ask uh, that, that they see proof of yes. this. Um, you can help prod us along. You know, guys, guys aren't always motivated unless we have some, whether it's feminine energy or an actual woman or some object of, of you know, wanting to help out your country, something, love yeah. of country. Uh, you, ha- you know, there has to be that motivating Factor, yes, but, but that's a that's a moving towards. Order, by the way, though, it's a moving towards, and it's a doing something for the feminine. It's not an initiation by the feminine, and that's been a big part of the right. problem, also. So, just the yeah, and maybe chivalry isn't dead. You know, play along. Somebody's you know opening a car door for a girl, and they can do it, and it's not demeaning, but it's 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 part of the ritual yeah. expression. And I mean, a woman will that. tell you if she doesn't want that and that's perfectly yeah. fine. But I mean, if we can just assume, Absolutely. like try to be a gentleman and assume certain yeah. co- constructive elements of masculinity until told otherwise, because. And give know. praise. I think that is the thing that is probably one of, and it was the thing that surprised me the most. So I will. And oh, close yeah. with that. Uh, on doing the research, uh, you know, through this book and listening to some videos and, and you know, learning always from you, uh, one of the things that came up, yes, a king is, you know, power and authority and, you know, wielding it judiciously and uh, brings order, you know, to an otherwise yeah. chaotic situation. But, wow, that, was, that wasn't lost on me and it wasn't hidden either. It was really upfront in some of this uh, in review literature that we went over that, heaping praise and where it's you know needed yeah. of course or where it's yeah. deserved honest, but to honest praise, praise and listening yeah. there was listening. the listening capacity and you know holding public court listening to to the masses or, or the people it's like that i care and that and yes you did something good you you know it's that is because then it's empowering for the people and a real king a real leader should make strong subjects or whoever you're, you're ruling over they should be strong not just keep them weak so you can be strong that's the boy in the yeah throne. exactly the man and the mature man in the throne will make sure that everyone else is strong lift them up give them the means and the tools and give them the appreciation and praise yeah. so wow All right praise praise another for what they do um guys just do it i mean it's maybe it doesn't come naturally but and, it, and they're not throwaway things. You would, you would be surprised at how a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of, hey, thanks for yeah. doing that. I really appreciate you not parking me in the driveway like you usually do. Or yeah, something, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's a, that's um, a that great point. Along, You're absolutely right. You don't have to have that snippy thing on the end. But, um, but you know what I, I mean? It's, 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 you'd be surprised how sure. effective. That's a fantastic uh, endpoint. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, thanks for listening today. We appreciate you, you listening each week. Uh, do check out... Uh, the book uh king warrior magician lover robert moore and douglas uh, gillette if you want to go deeper into the idea of uh the king archetype but also the other three archetypes that we didn't get into the warrior magician and lover which are these foundational sort of archetypes that really can help uh, a man orient himself towards life in a, in a constructive and positive way like we said that 
the positive side of this masculine energy instead of this uh, negative and destructive sort of boy boyhood, you know, refusal to, to grow up kind of energy that seems to be so prevalent and that people are justifiably attacking. Uh, so anyway, uh, we are, are here each week. Uh, we have a new episode on Monday, as I said, uh, every week, and we're thankful for, uh, for our supporters and listeners. Check us out on uh, CosmicEye.org uh, or at uh, Chris, uh, ChrisSheridan.com. Uh, Chris is the author of The Spirit in the Sky. I am the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Uh, so please check our books out if you get a chance. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we will be here again next week. Have a great week, and God bless.